And this is Talking Pictures, and not only is it Talking Pictures, our year-end review for 2023, the best and worst in film and streaming. Joining us again, my favorite interviewer, I yes, I am biased, the marvelous Monica Schmidt. Oh, it's good to be here, Hollis, and I love you too. <laughs> and a gentleman of great renown, our former film guru, our film guru emeritus, calling us from the sunny state of Florida, Mr. Denny Lynch. And how else do you start a year out without talking about all the ones you've watched last year? Exactly. <laughs> so, having settled the order by way of uh, me standing in an absentia for an arm wrestling match with Monica, we go to Monica, our triumphant winner. <laughs> start us off, Monica. Well, I thought we might do rock, paper, uh, rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. <laughs> but, um, oh, man. Okay, so 2023 was definitely a, a mixed year for for cinema. There was, um, I think, you know, uh, I can't say that we're post-COVID because we're currently um, experiencing a resurgence of, of COVID, um, I say, as I walk around, um, you know, the studio area with a, with a mask. Um, but um, a lot of people did return to the cinema this year. And um, actually, this is, this is one of the reasons why, like, I'm really excited about 2024, because, you know, it, uh, 2023 and the, the quality films that came out, you know, um, reinvigorated my interest. But there were also some not great films as well and some not great experiences, but we'll, we'll get to one specifically later. But um, in no particular order, um, one of the four films that I thought was absolutely phenomenal in, um, in 2023 was Oppenheimer. Um, you know, I, I, incredible performances all around. Of course, it's the story of, um, you know, J, J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role dealing with the development of the atomic bomb. But I mean, it's got such an electric performance by, by, by Killian Murphy, as well as Robert Downey Jr. Um, and Emily Blunt is, is absolutely mind blowing, you know, as, um, you know, uh, Kitty Oppenheimer, um, Robert Oppenheimer's, you know, wife and, you know, who is also kind of his heart and soul and support. Um, I was blown away by this film. Um, I saw it twice in the theater, and then I actually drove to Indianapolis uh, uh, for a different event, but I took the time to go see it at the, um, it basically in IMAX 70 millimeter. And oh, wow. unfortunately, I made it two thirds of the way through the film and the electricity went out, so I didn't get to watch <laughs> the explosive climax, pun intended. Um, <laughs> Of the film in 70 millimeter, which was soul crushing. But oh my gosh, this movie um, just like made me really excited to return to the cinema. Um, also, um, and beautifully on the same weekend, I saw Barbie, which was also one of my top um, you know, four picks. Uh, Barbie, you know, directed by Greta Gerwig. I mean, my gosh, this is um, like one of the most beautiful uh, movies that um, you know that I think has actually been put out there um, as a social commentary uh, for you know kind of our consumeristic culture. I um, as well as gender roles. Um, I, I have to admit, I, I'm not the kid who grew up playing with Barbies. I'm not the kid who grew up um, like I, I dreaded going through the pink aisle when we were um, at, at Target <laughs> and Walmart because I'm not that kid. Like, I, I think I own maybe like one piece of clothing that's pink. Um, you know, I just hated Barbie. So I very reluctantly went to go see the film. And um, I was so exceedingly pleasantly surprised by how wonderful and in, in, incredible this film was and very well put together. Um, 
I I have to admit it was just a joy to go see in the theater. It may not be like the most amazing thing or the greatest social commentary or whatever, but you know, sometimes great can be or fun can be great. And that's exactly what this film embodies is true fun um, and a pretty darn catchy soundtrack. My number three pick would be Maestro. Um, you know, oh, that yes. I just saw um, uh, because that's available on Netflix streaming right now. I am horrified that I missed this in the theater. Um, and, um, you know, I will just say this is that, like, again, I was, I was blown away by it. Uh, Bradley Cooper uh, not only starred but directed this film, uh, which is a biopic of, um, you know, of Leonard Bernstein. Um, you know, the great American um, you, you musician and composer. Um, and, um, you know, it was just about his his amazing life. And in all honesty, it's what it is. It touches on it is what it's like um, for a man of, of his era and his generation to basically live as a closeted bisexual man. Uh, absolutely mind-blowing performances all around uh, i absolutely loved this film um if you missed it in the theater you know go stream it on netflix it is truly truly worth um, your time and your energy and your efforts now my fourth film of awesome would be another film that i caught um, i missed it in the theater and i am so bummed out about it uh, but i was able to catch it on amazon's rental or amazon streaming rental which is anatomy of a fall it's a French film, um, and I'm getting the uh, confused eyebrows from Hollis right now. So um, I should probably explain what this is. Um, Anatomy of a Fall is a French film. Um, it's a uh, psychological thriller um, about a, an author who um, she and her husband live in this kind of like secluded mountain area. And, um, you know, her husband accidentally falls out of the top floor window um, of, of their, um, uh, chalet and he dies and it looks suspicious. And so she's held on trial. And so it's basically analyzing, um, you know, the, uh, relationship that they had and the fall and, um, like all the, th um, like the impact on the family and, mm. and everything else. And it was just, um, it was one of the most fascinating films that I saw, um, this past year, just because, I mean, I'll we'll just say it looked at things from every single angle and it took a lot of twists and turns. Um, it's two hours and 31 minutes, um, mm. and it was an engaging two hours and 31 minutes, um, and especially for a foreign language film where you're reading subtitles, although it's partially in English just because of, um, you know, the mixed languages um, in, in Europe, you know, uh, her husband was French, she's German, English is the middle, you know, the middle ground. Middle ground the, yes. Exactly. Um, highly, highly recommend. Um, if um, it, It's worth the six bucks to rent it on Amazon streaming. Um, it would have been worth the 10 to 12 bucks to go see it in the movie theater. Um, if it comes out on streaming, do not hesitate. Please watch this film. Now, in terms of my worst film, I, um, I I know we're gonna get a, a differing opinion this this afternoon or this morning, but um, I really hated the movie The Flash. <laughs> You're I not alone. hated, 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 hated it. 
hated it with a, a burning passion. Um, I don't know if it's because of the, uh, you know, the stupid um, antics by uh, star Ezra Miller, or if um, I just got burned out on, uh, you know, kind of what I thought are kind of becoming increasingly less intelligent and tightly put together superhero films. But this just to me felt like it was just a mess. Too many cooks in the kitchen, too many rewrites, you know, too much trying to be squeezed in in, in order to make it, um, you know, like a cohesive whole. And it just made everything worse. Sometimes less is more. And uh, they definitely took the philosophy, I think, of more is more with this film. Mm-hmm. And um, I just didn't love it. So that's kind of my top four plus, um, you know, my, my worst. Um, so recapping, that's um, top four would be Oppenheimer, Barbie, Maestro, Anatomy of a Fall. And my stinker for the year was The Flash. All right. Thank you much. Denny, how many films have you seen now? Uh, according, let me look at my note here. Where did I put it? Uh, okay. Um, last year, I saw about 1,100 films, which was down 300 from the previous year. <laughs> Only uh, 1,100, Denny. Oh, my God, you're my, slacker. My, my total since 1970 fall is 31,914 at this point. Woo! <laughs> so, it's a good thing we're only asking you to do it. one year. Oh, well. <laughs> I've got it broken down by genre and everything else, which I'll summarize and do later. So I won't bore you here with that now. All right. So Uh, your tops. Well, initially I only came up with the top eight and I agree with uh, Monica, both on Barbie and Oppenheimer. My third best top one, maybe my favorite of all of them was poor things. Uh, Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo as a science fiction horror steampunk film. Uh, about a woman who dies and then is brought back to life and how she copes with growing up in uh, Victorian Europe. Um, As a matter of fact, performance. Phil reviewed this just uh, last week. We thought of it as uh, sort of a um, Frankenstein meets uh, Pygmalion meets um, (laughs) that's a little whorehouse in Texas. Texas. (laughs) Now that is is one heck of a description there. There you go. (laughs) All right. Among my other favorites of the year were Jules, Ben Kingsley befriends an alien, small budget, oh, yes. quiet, quiet little film. Mm-hmm. Um, I was extremely fond of, and I want to maybe see it again in the theater, Godzilla Minus One, certainly the best Godzilla movie ever made. That's what um, everyone says. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing be, this. Because of both special effects and because of the personal stories of the people involved with it, it's made... Uh, 82 million worldwide and has an 8.4 rating on IMDb. Mm. Um, a short film made my list from early in the year. It's called Carl's Date. It showed with uh, Disney's animated feature Elementals, released uh, maybe that was the end of last year. And it's about Carl, the old man from the from movie. Up. Up. Yeah. And he has a chance to go on a, a date for the first time since his wife has passed away. Yeah. And, of course, his dog, Doug, is there. It is Squirrel. short, sweet, <laughs> delightful. And it was Ed Asner's last film. Mm. He did the voice Aww. for Carl. Yeah. Uh, the other, well, I've got three superhero films on my list. I'm going to add two that what I mentioned earlier. 
Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, mm. the animated one. film. Is, I should have picked that as my number five. I loved, loved, it, loved that film. Yeah, and there mm-hmm. was a third one coming in the series. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised how much I liked the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Um, Same here. It's it's CGI, but it's look, animated to look like it was stop-motion animation. It's a good story. It moves well, and it looks terrific. So I was very pleased with that. And my last one, to contract Monica's vitriol, <laughs> is... The Flash, because <laughs> I thought this was a terrific uh, adventure film. It combined multiple Flashes and Supermans going back through history, including two Iowa Supermen, George Reeves and Brandon Rausch. True um, that, but, you know. The characters were interesting. Uh, it moved well. It's visually splendid. It may be a little messy, but it was way better than I expected to. Uh, it to be based on all the whoopty do about uh, Ezra um, Stone's Ezra Miller. Or Ezra. Yeah. Anyway, uh, his his antics. So, anyway, those are my top eight plus two, and my worst film of the year is What Happens Later, with Meg Ryan and David Duchovny, two very good actors stuck in an un rom com. They're stranded in an airport in uh, Kansas. Their uh, former relationship has come back to haunt them, and they get an hour and a half to mope around and complain about things. And weirdly, the whole film takes place in an airport. A holiday is closing down. The only people who talk in the film are the two stars and the PA announcer for the airport, who frequently (laughs) responds to their questions. It's pretty funny. Uh, right. But that that was the high point of that turkey. Oh, ouch! All yeah. right. Now there was another film that uh, you'd found in an unusual place—a place that uh, Monica and I are you're very familiar with, Canopy. This is a streaming service available through your public library. Yay! Uh, it's mm-hmm. free, and they they you can watch up to usually they give you excuse me they give you uh, credits, fifteen credits. You can download a movie or you can stream it. And once you start it, you've got like two or three days to finish it before they kind of free it up for somebody else to use. Anyway, the film I saw there was Daughter from Da Nang, a 2002 Oscar nominee for documentary feature. Um, At the end of the Vietnam War in 75, a girl of mixed parentage is brought to the United States to be raised. In her early 20s, she finally gets to return to Vietnam to find her family. First hour goes as expected, but there's a major plot twist in the last half of the film, and it's an extraordinary way for a documentary to end. It caught me by surprise, and I highly recommend it. The Daughter from Da Nang. All right. Thank you very much. Folks, we want to know what you watched and liked from last year. Our email address is talkingpics at kcck.org. 